All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to, I think we're on the 11th or 12th class now in the big questions of Jewish philosophy. And over the next few weeks, we are going to be dealing with um, the concepts of the supernatural within Judaism and uh, where does Judaism sit with regards to various supernatural phenomena. Tonight, we're going to be dealing with astrology. Next week, we'll be dealing with the occult, black magic and the like. Then we're going to be dealing with angels and demons and uh, so on and so forth. But um, let's go to our topic at hand. So the topic is, uh, a- is uh, philosophy, uh, astrology. So just so we can all be on the same page as to what we're talking about when we talk about Jewish philosophy, uh, astrology, we're talking purely about being able to look at the stars and the stars being able to um, decipher the personality of an individual or perhaps the future of an individual. So um, I think, uh, you know, if a person is born under, so I'm a Libra. So if a person is a Libra, so that means that they are going to be a certain kind of personality. Yeah, maybe they're going to temper, maybe they will balance because the Libra is the scales, whatever the case might be. So that's, uh, that's one element. But then we also see for those who follow horoscopes and the like, that uh, the stars can be seen to, to predict what is going to be, not only what is uh, who you are, but what, what is going to happen in your life. And uh, this is something where um, those who have, have followed it, now I'm not talking about the sort of quackery you find at the end of Woman's Day, but if a person were to go to a, a real uh, astrologer or someone who is, let's say, very well honed in the craft, um, you would find that a lot of what they say could be uh, strikingly accurate and quite freakily accurate. And very possibly some of their predictions come true. Now, I'm also aware of the fact that uh, there, are, there are charlatans out there who have the ability to convince people uh, that what they say is true. In fact, a number of years ago, probably about three, four years ago, tomorrow and I, um, we, found, we, we listened to 104.5 in the, in the car occasionally, which is Central Coast Radio. And they were advertising that there was going to be a, um, a festival or a... Um, it's called, I don't know, like a, a convention of clairvoyance and tarot readers and, and astrologers, etc., up in uh, Tagara Lakes uh, Community Center, whatever the case was. So we thought, oh, this would be a fantastic uh, day. And we went over there and we saw people were speaking to the dead and people were speaking, uh, you know, uh, have uh, palm readers and all of these things. So this is where our question is going to come. Now, ordinarily, some people might... Um, so, well, it's clear Judaism doesn't believe in astrology. Um, and it may be true that Judaism does not allow astrology. And we'll deal more with that in next week. But the question is really that we're going to try to deal with tonight is, is does astrology exist? Does, is there any truth in the concept of astrology from a Jewish point of view? Or is it just uh, absolute uh, quackery? So we're going to be focusing this week and uh, possibly over the upcoming weeks to a large degree between uh, two major opinions within Judaism. So in previous weeks, like last week in particular, we cited a whole bunch of different sources from, uh, on, <coughs> from a whole bunch of different rabbis from every uh, color and, and, and sect. Tonight we're going to actually focus on just two opinions. And that is going to be Rashi, who I think many of us are aware of, and the Rambam. My guess is if you are to ask of the two most famous rabbis post-Talmud. I think people might know Rabbi Akiva. But as far as uh, rabbis 
I think it's hard to go further than uh, Rashi and the Rambam. So let's start off with uh, the right at the beginning of the Torah in Parshat Breshit, well, no, in Parshat Breshit, in Sefer Breshit, in Parshat Lech Lecha. So there's just a little bit of the history behind the, the background is Avraham is uh, getting on in years. He has yet to have a child. Sarah is getting on in years. It's a question if she was, uh, the reason why she was barren, whether she did not have a uterus or she just couldn't conceive. It's not clear. But time after time, Hashem keeps coming to Avraham and saying, you will have a child, you will have a child. Um, and Avram gives like keeps saying, "Hold on a second, what's happening? I'm not going to have a child. Like it's it's just it's getting on and on and on." So at one point, Hashem says to Avram, and here we look at our first source, So he took him outside. He, being Hashem, took Avram outside. And he said to him, "Look up at the heavens and count the." Count the stars im tuchal lisportam if you are capable of counting them. V'yomer lo kotiye zarecha. He says so too. That's how your children will be. Your children will be as numerous of the stars. In another place, it says numerous as the uh, the uh, sand grains of sand on the beaches. So here is the stars. Now Rashi picks up on this word v'yotze oto. He took him out, which doesn't. Grammatically, it's not really. It should be v'yotzioto, not v'yotzeoto. Yotze means he ex- uh, he exited him, as opposed to he made him exit. Just to say. so Rashi picks up on that strange um, conjugation of the verb and says as follows: Its midrashic explanation is go forth from, I give up your astrological explanation speculations that you have seen by the planets that you will not raise a son. Abraham indeed, uh, sorry, Abram, Abraham. So his name was Abraham, and Sarah's name was Sarai. Says Abraham, Abraham indeed may have no son, but Abraham will have a son. Sarai may not bear a child, but Sarah will bear a child. I will give you other names, and your destiny, your mazal, will be changed. Another explanation is he brought him forth from the terrestrial field. Okay, so, so meaning, Rashi said as follows. Abraham was saying to Hashem, you know, I'm not going to have children, I'm not going to have children. Hashem says, we'll have children. So Abraham says, listen, I've seen it in the stars that my mazal is such, my, the word mazal, um, it doesn't really mean, when we say like mazal tov, when we mean congratulations, mazal, it's, it's, it's more than luck as much as it's a, I would say it's a divine influence. So we would say in the context of this Rashi, it's an astrological influence. That I've seen in the stars that my mazal is such that I will not have children. And that my wife's mazal is such that she will not have children. So Hashem says, the problem is that you're looking for the wrong thing. You're right. Avram won't have children and Sarai won't have children. But Avraham is going to have children and Sarah is going to have children. And you've, so, you, so what he's saying, according to Rashi, is that the, the star, you're reading the stars correctly. But the problem is you're looking for the wrong thing. So Abraham will never have children, but if you knew what you were looking for, you would realize that you will have children. But it's clear from Rashi, clear as day, that stars, stars are truth, the stars are there. And if you have the ability to read the stars, you can have the truth, and Avram was correct in reading the stars. There's another source that comes a little bit later in the Chumash, which is a little bit more of a complex reading, um, but it's going to come with a similar outcome. So it goes... This is in the aftermath of the golden calf, 
when Moshe is now pleading with Hashem, it says, Hashem, please don't destroy B'nai Israel. Please don't let them be destroyed. And it says, Lama Mitzrayim. Why should Egypt say, It was with evil intent, or with evil, that Hashem, that you took them out of, took them out to kill them in the mountains. from a corner earth. Please forgive them. Do not uh, and, and, and recant the wickedness that you want to do the people. So this is the way Moshe prays to Hashem to ask him to forgive B'nai Israel. Now Rashi picks up on an earlier statement. When Hashem, when, when Moshe goes over to Paro and says to him, please uh, let my people go. And Paro says to him, all right, who's going to go? Says, so Moshe says, our men, our women, our children, our, our flock, everyone's going to go. Not just us, because it is a festival for Hashem, for all of us. And so we all go. So Paro at that point in time seems to feel that this was something that only the men would go. And you would leave the women and children behind. And Moshe says, no, everybody's going to get to go. So Paro answers back. So Pharaoh says to them, being Moshe and Aaron, So it may be that Hashem is with you. You know, you, you got no chance of me sending you and your children. So ignore this English translation. So this English translation is what we call the pshat. It's a symbol reading. It says, It says, Because evil is opposite your faces. That's what it literally means. Evil is opposite your faces. So Rashi doesn't like that. So seemingly what it, it's trying to say is that I don't trust you guys. You're gonna, you, you, I, 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 seem, I think you're sinister in your dealings with me. You say you're going to take the men, women, and children and come back. I don't think you're going to. That's the simple reading. But Rashi picks up on this. Ki because wickedness or evil is opposite your faces. So look what Rashi does over here. I've heard a Midrashic explanation. There's a certain star the name of which is Ra. Um, and Pharaoh said to him, In my astrological art, I see a star rising towards you in the wilderness, whether you wish to proceed. It is an emblem of blood and slaughter. So Pharaoh says, No, I cannot let you go, because I, I see the star sign of Ra, or the astrological sign of Ra, is opposite your face. And Ra is bloodshed. And if I let you go, you are all going to go out there and you're all going to be murdered. And so I can't let you go. So Pharaoh, according to Rashi, the Medrash is saying that I can't let you go because it's not good for you. If I let you go, you're all going to be murdered. So consequently, when Israel comes, so what happens? So now back, when Hashem wants to destroy them after the golden calf, Hashem, Moshe says to Hashem, you can't. The Egyptians will say, you see, it's Ra. It's that evil presence. They will say, you see, we told you if we let you go that you were going to be destroyed by this bloodshed of Ra. And that's what happened. So Moshe's argument to Hashem is you can't destroy them because if you destroy B'nai Israel, you're going to vindicate Pharaoh's concern that the, that the zodiac sign of Ra was going to destroy the B'nai Israel. But, okay, so, so that's the, this Ra. But he always... Oh, so he says, uh, wherefore the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them forth with Ra. This is indeed what Pharaoh has already said. Okay. At once the Lord thought, yeah, at once the Lord bethought himself concerning Ra and he changed the blood of which this star was an emblem of blood to a circumcision. So 
Meaning as follows. Hashem saw, okay, we've got this problem. There's the star sign of Ra. Ra is bloodshed. If we let B'nai Yisrael go, so to speak, it's going to be bloodshed, the blood of B'nai Yisrael. So Hashem commanded them all to do Brit Milah. And so there would be blood, but the blood would be the blood of the bris and not the blood of the death of B'nai Yisrael. That's, that's the way Rashi understands it. So there are a couple of things. One is this: there was this real concern about the astrological influence. But the fact is that <coughs> there was going to be blood spilt. And now became the question of not if there were blood will be spilt, but rather if the zodiac sign of Ra said there was going to be blood being spilt, it was only a question of what kind of blood was going to be spilt. Was it going to be the blood of the lives of B'nai Israel, or was it going to be the blood of the circumcision? Now there's something else that comes in the, the, the Talmud tractate of, uh, of Brachot, where it talks about if people are born under the star sign of, uh, of Mars, they will be bloodshedders. And the question really becomes is, are they going to be murderers or are they going to be a, a shoichet or, or a mohel? So we see through the writings of Rashi that the concept of star signs and astrology is very, very real. The stars do um, have some influence over the world. Now, the, the influence we cannot change. And, uh, but we can sort of, the fact that there will be blood in the world, that we cannot change. That is ordained by the stars. So you can say by Hashem through the stars, however you want to understand it. But the idea that there's information up there in the stars, that if we're able to harness it, we can find out about ourselves and find out about our lives. According to Rashi, that's obvious. Avram could find out whether he was going to have children or not if he knew what the thing was. B'nai Yisrael knew that there was going to be blood spilled. It was just a question of what kind of blood. So the, no question according to Rashi that the stars have the answers. The question is really going to be, one, the permissibility to do that, which we'll deal with next week. And it is seemingly going to be uh, probably an issue, but that's not 100% sure. Or alternatively, it's going to be the problem is not going to be the stars per se as much as it's going to be, let's call it the stargazers. So um, when uh, the person who writes for Women's Day, um, is this person someone who from a Torah point of view, we believe know what they're doing? So that is going to be a separate question. But that is at least the opinion of Rashi. And now let's go on to the opinion of the Rambam. Now, one of the problems which comes up with this, this idea of star signs. Now, it's just, it's important to, just by way of introduction, now, Rambam was, is the ultra-rationalist. And we're going to see this time and time again. We've already seen it in the past, and we're going to continue to see this idea that Rambam, when it comes to all areas of Jewish life and law and philosophy, he's the ultimate rationalist. Now, sometimes his rationality is, uh, is to the extreme. So, for example... If you open up in the beginning of the Bereshit, we see that people live an exceptionally long, uh, long time. And how is it possible that uh, Adam, the first man, lived to 930 and Noah lived a few hundred years and everyone lived hundreds and hundreds of years and nowadays we don't. So Rambam being the ultra-rationalist says, yeah, well, you know, they knew what they were doing. They ate properly, they sat properly, they didn't have stress, they, they did everything they needed to do and because they took care of themselves, they lived a very long time. So... Okay, it's uh, rational to a degree, but it's, uh, it's, it's irrational. So Ram does have that uh, element. But where Rambam's going to come talk about this now is that one of the most fundamental principles within Judaism is going to be the concept of free choice. 
and we've spoken about this previously, but free choice is crucial because it is almost the hinge on which the entire, uh, the fulcrum on which the entire world stands. And here he writes in the laws of repentance, If it was for a moment that Hashem was going to or preordain that someone is going to be righteous or wicked. Or if there was something that was going to pull a person from his, his, from his birth in one of those directions. Or one character, characteristic, one uh, character trait over another. Or or one form of thinking over another, or he's been drawn to one form of behavior or actions of another, like those foolish astrologists suggest, so that I am being pulled by my birth, my star signs have determined that I will be, I'm going to have this kind of temperament. That's what he says, madamina madaot. That he says, do you think Hashem is going to create this world that, that I, ah, because I was born in the month of March, that means I'm going to be an angry person and I'm going to be very scientifically uh, focused and, and I'm going to do these sort of things. He says, that's this tip ship. Couldn't be stronger than that. This is foolishness. He says, if that was the case, how could, Hashem, how could the Torah and the mitzvahs come and tell us, do this, don't do that? So if, if Hashem programmed, pre-programmed you that you're an angry person, and now he says, don't get angry. Or he, he programmed you to, to, to have certain character traits. How on earth could there be commandments to do one or not, and not do the other? <coughs> and don't go after wickedness. And, from, and you're going to tell me from the original, that we tell him, don't be wicked, but it's been preordained that he's going to go down this path. Or from his birthing, it's been, he's been pulled, he's got an inclination. And since it's pretty poor, damned by the stars, he can't move from it. What do we need the Torah for? The Torah is a waste of time. The Torah is going to tell you, do this, don't do that. But he said, it's not my fault. This is the way that the Shemaim uh, uh, determined for me. How on earth can you ever, pay? how can you ever um, demand uh, responsibility from a wicked individual or reward a righteous one. We just say this is the way the heavens. So the same as, uh, you know, a, a beautiful person does not have any, is not a good person just by the nature of the fact that they were born beautiful does not make them uh, more morally valued. So if you want to say that, well, if you're born in a certain month, it's going to make you a, a good person or righteous person or this kind of person. So this is, uh, so... You know, so then there's no such thing as a good person anymore. People have been preordained. So it says, it's just it's not it's not rational, it's not logical to think that people are going to have somehow have some element of their personality preordained that they don't have any um, they don't have any influence over. Now he says it in a lot stronger language. There's a there are a couple of um, letters that, that I'm afraid there's no translation for this one, but I'm going to read it out. But um, there are a number of letters. So the Rambam was, uh, he's one of those interesting characters who are much more famous after their lives than they were in their lifetime. And the Rambam was a, was a well-known individual in his lifetime, but he was only very famous in certain circles. In other circles, he landed up becoming quite infamous. And we're going to see some things, this, not so much this week, but in upcoming weeks, about some of the stuff he said that uh, not only... 
um, outraged people, but it ended up causing a lot of his books to be burnt because he was considered a heretic. So he was vindicated uh, in the passage of time. All of this happened after his death. But um, So one of the things is he wrote letters. He wrote a lot of letters. So there's a letter called Igeret Ateiman, which was the letter he wrote to the Yemenite Jews trying to give them uh, support and encouragement when they were living under very harsh, oppressive Muslim regimes. Um, this is a letter. There's also, he's got a, a letter dealing with astrology. And this particular letter is to the Jews of, um, of uh, Marseille, if I'm not mistaken. And he says as follows. I'm going to translate the underlying parts of the more important parts, but I'm going to translate. Uh, let me get my little mouse. Hopefully you can see. Let me get my pen. Sorry. Do Rabotai. No, my, my rabbis, my teachers. All this elements regarding astrology. Where they say this will happen, this won't happen. And his birth, birth time will determine him to be one way or another. This is not wisdom at all. It is foolishness. I've got uh, very clear proofs for this. One should never be involved with these matters. And there's not one book that's come out of Greece, and they were wise people. And they don't. No one would ever call this wisdom. So who wrote these books? Uh, foolish nations, primitive nations, the classy nations of Greece, where you had the philosophers, had the real wise men. No one wrote this rubbish. It's all those superstitious, old-fashioned, primitive nations. And that's what they believed in. They believed in stars and soothsayers and witch doctors and whatnot, and they believed in the stars. In those days, but the Greeks, the wise men, they brought proofs, they brought bona fide proof, rational, logical arguments to reject all of these, uh, this, this nonsense. So that all of these things that the, these uh, nations were doing through their star signs is all falsehood. Therefore, I am telling you, do not believe in them. You should go on that which is means things that have proof, i.e. rational, logical arguments. That can be irrefutable. So I want to nullify, ignore, reject all of their statements and don't come close to them. The only people the only people who get involved with the stuff are the petty. So the word petty is I don't know, we call it a simpleton, a real uh, a real simple person. So people with lacking intelligence. Those are the only people who get get uh, mopped up in the stuff. So we would see those people who, who buy into everything that they read. You know, that it's, it's, it's not even gullible, but just like simple people who are easily persuaded. And, and so and who does it? And people who want to deceive others. It's a scam. 
So you go to a part, you go to an astrologer, you know who these are? These are scam artists. All this stuff is absolute falsehood. Anybody who follows them. Uh, let me just clear these things. Um, he carries on like he said earlier in the earlier source that what's the point of having Torah mitzvahs if all of these things are coming? Thing says the entire Torah it says all you know, a man's behavior is determined about his ratzon of how he wants to behave. It is not determined beyond him. Anyone with half a brain would know that all of this is absolute rubbish and and uh, chicanery. So, so you have this statement of the Rambam. Now, like you could not be clearer from the Rambam. So, where where we have Rashi, where Rashi says this stuff is real and you know it, it means something and it and it's influential. Now, I'm not certain. That being said, is that what Rambam saying um, is necessary? Like if uh, we're talking about astrologers, especially if we have Rashi and Rambam in the room at the same time. The Rambam, the Rashi could say, listen, uh, it's, uh, it's not so clear. Everyone agrees that uh, uh, your star sign won't determine whether you're righteous or wicked. Everyone agrees that. It's just going to be whether you're going to be smart or not smart, or whether you're going to um, you know, have a science brain or, a, or an artistic brain. But not that you're going to be good or bad, because we have a Gemara that comes and says that Hashem decrees everything upon a person except whether he's going to be righteous or wicked. So... Uh, one way or another, we can look at it and say that it's not completely co- contradicting everything. I think the Rambam was a little bit over here, in a sense, by saying that, you know, the Torah will go out the window. Because the Torah is still going to be applicable, even if you say astrology. Because you're not going to be rewarded if you're a doctor. You're going to be rewarded whether you're righteous. And righteousness is not based in the astrological science. But even then, we saw clearly with the first Rashi that we saw about whether you have children or not is in the stars. And Rambam would say, no, it's not in the stars. That is absolute rubbish. And so you have these two very firm opinions on either side of whether looking up at the stars can give you the answers to the future and tell you stuff about yourself or not. Rashi is very firmly on the side of, yes, it can, and yes, it does. And the Rambam is on the opposite side and says, it's absolutely not, and you should stay away from it and not get involved with it at all. And those are the two uh, extremes. We are going to see these two personalities clash time and time again in the supernatural. Because Rashi, albeit not being known as a mystic, is going to take a much more mystical approach. And the Rambam is going to take a much more pragmatic, rational approach. Now, just to uh, conclude, and this is supposedly something we've spoken about. Is so, so what do we believe? So answers, as we've said in all areas of philosophy... There is, no thing. There, there is no such thing that we believe. There is no such thing as this is what Judaism believes in the world of philosophy. These are two theories. And the Rambam, it would be fair to say in a lot of these areas, the Rambam is going to be severely outvoted by the majority of the rabbinic community. Because albeit that it is something that will be prohibited and we should stay away from because it's prohibited, but it's prohibited because it is something. Whereas Rambam is going to come time and time again say that the prohibition is not because it has any quality or any substance to it, but rather that it is, uh, it is, absolute, um, it is absolute falsehood. And these people are just charlatans uh, pretending to do something that they're really not. So when you see that with regards to magic, with regards to black magic, with regards to many other things, 
in the same category of seances, speaking to the dead and the like. And all right, so that's our first introduction to the world of the supernatural. I will now allow, if anyone would like to unmute themselves or type a question, I will give you a few minutes. Any questions, comments, reactions? Going. Going. Gone. All right, well, everyone, thank you so much. Hope you have a wonderful evening. Look forward to seeing you next time. And all the best. Lailatov.